This is the CTQ Smartcast, where we have conversations about up-leveling, deliberate practice, and getting future relevant. Our guest on the CTQ Smartcast today is Roshan Karyapa. Roshan is a founder, a marketer, and a podcaster, and he's passionate about all things India and all things startups. So there is no surprise that uh, two of his active podcasts right now are based on these themes. One is called Bharat Vata and one is called The Startup Operator. And both of them have just you know, crossed the one-year mark. So in this smartcast, we'll you know, get Roshan's views on how he started podcasting, how to build a new skill from scratch. Uh, what's his curiosity diet like? We'll touch a little bit about marketing as well. So Roshan, welcome to the smartcast. Hey, thank you so much, uh, Ramanan. Thank you, Harish, as well, uh, for hosting me. Uh, I guess it's a nice change for me to be on the other end of the questions. I am uh, pretty excited and also a little bit anxious. I don't know what wisdom I have to offer, but uh, I've you know, had a whole bunch of experiences and mistakes, and hopefully that will be useful and perhaps even entertaining for your listeners. Yeah, and uh, for people watching this for the first time, uh, you know, Roshan has had uh, us on his show, and and it's uh, our pleasure to have you know kind of uh, do, you know, do the honors ourselves. So, uh, Roshan, uh, you've been podcasting for a while, but I actually want to turn the clock a little bit and ask you: Have you always been the kind of a person who enjoys the spotlight, is on stage, uh, or was that something that you taught yourself to do? So, I discovered this term called ambivert, right? Which is uh-huh. like sometimes introvert and sometimes extrovert, and I guess that probably uh, uh, classifies me, right? So uh, with the people I know and understand very well, I'm extremely extroverted. I'm the center of the attention and life of the party, so to speak. But otherwise, I'm a fairly introverted person. I've also been a lot on the creative side of things. So I've always, uh, you know, been someone who wrote things, who sang, who played the guitar, so on and so forth. So uh, I guess, you know, in some sense, uh, the, the spotlight was thrust on me from an early age itself, right? So you know, you can imagine quite, quite often like your uncles or aunts come over and, you know, your dad or mom pushes you and asks them, ask you to recite a poem or like sing or whatever, except that in my case, I mean, that has continued for 34 years of my life, right? I mean, typically that's what has happened. Never been comfortable with the performing aspect of things, right? Because uh, um, I, I I don't know a bit about, uh, I, I don't know if I want to call it artistry, but I mean, I... I I'm always comfortable with the creation aspect of things, right? Creating something new out of nothing, not really uh, comfortable with showing it off and with uh, taking a stage and so on and so forth. I've always struggled with that because I always feel like my creativity is like deeply personal and I don't really want any validation from someone else uh, in that sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, earliest memories of uh, this uh, are uh, sort of nightmarish. I mean, uh, we used to go to this uh, Kodava Samaj uh, functions, right? So uh, And uh, man, I I had to sing in front of a whole bunch of uncles and aunties (laughs) right after lunch, right after they probably polished off half a bottle of whiskey or gin or whatever it is. And I had to sing like, uh, you know, the latest uh, Hindi songs that were there. You know, I remember singing Jackie Shroff's, uh, you know, Ammadek. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> acapella at that, right? So, I mean, so those were like some uh, uh, really, really crazy memories. I mean, I, I it, it, it's revolting when I think about it even now, right? So, uh, I, I, of course, I mean, I like perhaps I mean, much of your listeners, I did perform in inter-school competitions, inter-college competitions, and so on and so forth. Uh, was part of a fairly successful Mad Ads team. That was interesting and. Uh, Podcasting was uh, sort of an organic uh, extension of whatever I was doing, right? So I used to have a fair number of debates with uh, uh, my friends about politics, policy, all of the current affairs. And I thought, you know, we needed a better medium to sort of hash these things out because these are complex issues. And, you know, you don't want to uh, talk about these things on WhatsApp where it kind of devolves into hopeless one-upmanship, right? So so that was Bharat Varta. And uh, with the startup operator, you know, I transitioned transition to being an employee about four years back. And I was always morbidly afraid of turning into Stanley from the office, right? And, and, and really clock out at 5 p.m. no matter what, right? And so, I mean, I, I used to keep in touch with a lot of my founder friends and operators and so on. Uh, and, you know, COVID happened and I couldn't really meet these people in person. So, again, the startup operator is an extension of that. I would have these conversations offline 
uh, in the good old days. But then, I mean, COVID happened and I had to shift this uh, online. And I thought, hey, you know, a whole bunch of people can sort of benefit from this. So, so that's really how uh, podcasting started for me, actually, very organically. Interesting. There are a couple of things I want to kind of get into. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fact about being an ambivert or the fact that there are different possible creative outlets. You just being on the stage doesn't always have to be the actor or being you know, the lead guitarist. It yeah. can mean several other things. Uh, and, uh, you know, someone I know once told me about how he got into blogging. He said that it was a perfect kind of outlet for someone like him. Uh, he may have described himself in similar terms like you, just that that was the right medium for him for whatever reason. And I think that the good thing is that we have lots of different channels uh, to explore right now and find yeah. the one that fits our personality and where we are at that uh, given yeah. point in time. So, uh, so you know, clearly you, you kind of had some exposure. You could, you know, you didn't mind occasionally making a fool of yourself, uh, you know, you're kind of done and done that. So there's, there's no more, uh, you know, inhibitions holding you back. So mm. uh, I actually wanted to ask, uh, you know, are you the reflective types? Do you kind of look at your episodes and say, this is what I could have done better and kind of uh, look at it as a very sort of a, uh, you know, something that you have to get better at or, or you just thrust yourself and say, let me just do it and let me come back to it after three months, six months. So what what kind of person are you from a reflection so, point of view? So I am a reflective person, right? But I want to like touch upon something that you mentioned, which is that, you know, I've been comfortable with it, but mm. I actually haven't been comfortable with this, right? Mm. So I've had horrible, horrible stage fright, right? I've had like, I mean, think of all the nightmarish uh, situations uh, you can have like socially awkward, like total nightmares, right? Those have happened to me, right? Forgetting lyrics, forgetting how to play and like forgetting what words to say and so on and so forth. Those have happened to me and I can, you know, I can, I, they're still there at the back of my head, right? So I think the the important thing that uh, I did was going further and trying to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Mm. Um, because quite often our fears are larger than they are, mm. right? In our heads, Okay. Once you know your fears and even sort of befriend them, it becomes uh, at least understandable that ambiguity is not there, right? And um, a lot of it is, so I will, I'll split it into two parts, right? So one is like the technical stuff in terms of understanding, you know, how your voice carries on a mic, for example, right? Or what are the first few sentences that you have to say when you get on a stage, right? Those kind of things. I mean, and those kind of things you can just learn through rote sort of practice, right? Uh, you do it often enough, uh, you 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 learn it, right? And but if you don't get on a stage and you don't do it often enough, you don't get to learn it, right? And it sort of becomes that whole vicious cycle of like you being afraid of something and you know never getting to do it, right? And because of that, again, you're afraid to get on stage or do do that thing that you're afraid of, right? So so that is one thing, but also to kind of look at the deeper level of it, right? So what what is it that is scaring you? And for me, it was this thing about validation, right? About the fact that, hey, you know, perhaps I'm not good enough, right? And uh, if you think about it enough, right? I mean, it, it, it you can always kind of do that sort of root cause analysis and you will find its way to something perhaps somebody said or, you know, something you experienced when maybe you were four or five or 10 perhaps, right? And that's a solvable problem. That's not an unsolvable problem or that's not an invisible problem. And I'm not saying these things will, you know, make you get comfortable instantly or, you know, you will perhaps like attain this sort of a magic state where, you know, you get comfortable uh, overnight, but it's, it's a process, right? And, uh, you know, for people who are listening, I would say like, whatever you're afraid of, try to understand these fears and get comfortable with it. Maybe, you I mean, you will uh, make progress on that front, you know, uh, at the very least. So, yeah, and... So, so again, I mean, given the mediums that we have, you mentioned the different sort of mediums, right? See, if you're not the kind of person who wants to go up on stage, like physically and present, virtual is a fantastic medium, right? So I'm not with Ramanand right now. I'm with Ramanand projected as pixels in front of me, you know? And that's a difference, right? There's a definite difference, right? And uh, uh, I guess you could call it hacks or whatever, but... Uh, you know, you will have to sort of do these things to get comfortable uh, uh, with yourself, right? With those fears and so on. Um, so with the reflective part of things, right? I mean, 
I know people who put out content and then reflect ad nauseum about the stuff, right? What did I say? What did I do? And everything. Uh, I am not one of those. I just don't like listening to my own voice. Uh, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I have this very awkward sort of a feeling. I'm trying to get used to it. Uh, uh, but in general, I do reflect a lot about experiences, right? Um, things I could have said, things I could have done, um, and uh, those are the those are the things that you know tell me like basically that you know what I could do better essentially right and I guess that's part of everyone's uh, psyche in some sense right so uh, with the two podcasts Bharatvarta and Startup Operator they're they're kind of different in themselves right in in the quality that evokes uh, within me so with Bharatvarta it's very very complex right I mean things like for example economics now you do an episode on economics with Harsh Gupta. there will be 400 things coming from that episode that you want to understand more about like what the hell was this right and uh, uh, to me when i listen to it when i re-listen to it like two three four times i mean it it sort of fits in my head and also i mean it sets me off on a rabbit hole in terms of what more i want to understand right and with startup operator it's slightly different i mean i've done product i've done marketing i've done sales uh, i've been fairly cross functional over the last 13 years right and i have certain principles and i've had certain experiences right and when i listen to the startup operator episodes it's more about validating some of the things that i had assumed for instance right uh, marketing works this way right so you might want to revisit some of those things and that's a good opportunity for me to do that but uh, yeah i i don't know if that answers your question uh, it did uh, so uh, you know uh, i actually almost thought of it as Uh, learning in real time—that's what you seem to be doing in these episodes. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, you mentioned Harsh. Uh, I, I recently listened to one of your episodes with him, and yes, there is like a br- broad set of things that are coming at even the listener. Yeah. But I, I have the luxury of maybe pausing it, maybe a little yeah. bit, and going and looking at something. But you are—you uh, know—you got to deal with this real time. You are learning uh, in real time, which is very yeah. interesting. It actually almost—I uh, mean, listening to you uh, so far. it almost felt like this is another form of entrepreneurship it's the same attitudes in some sense or mm. it's an entrepreneurial attitude in the sense that you start you kind of know you don't know a lot that doesn't hold you back mm. take the little risks that come along uh, you do very quick adjustments sometimes in real time sometimes later and slowly things kind of get better and better and there is also a part of you that is still going to do it to, going to show up tomorrow even though you know you know there's so much to improve so is this a fair way to look at it that yeah. ultimately you know there is an roshan the entrepreneur is also coming in through in roshan the podcaster yeah no that's a that's a very nice way of describing it right i've always said that it's a founder mindset you don't necessarily have to i mean obviously you know there are certain things you pick up when you run a company and uh, you know when you really have to put food on the table based on whatever you do right uh, there's cer- certain it 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 imputes some maximum sort of skin in the game that there's no hiding from right uh, and and i would highly recommend everyone go through that journey at some point in their lives because it's 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 life changing right there's nothing that comes as close right or i mean i mean i'm exaggerating but perhaps i mean the top 1 top 5% of human experiences i would say right but that's true i mean it's it's about having a founder's mindset right about it's about knowing that you may not know everything right but you will put the first foot forward right you may have to take like a step back or whatever it is but you will put the first foot forward and then maybe move an inch and an inch after that whatever and that's perfectly fine that's absolutely fine right and see with regards to things that i know and don't know i think i'm very certain about it like i i i know there are some things i don't know and i'm very very open about it right so uh, i have no qualms in you know admitting that i don't know as much economics as harsh right obviously obviously i mean the guy has spent the last like 15 20 years like of his life learning that and my point also is that i don't have to know that much right my average listener is not an economist my average listener is an is an average person like you or me who's trying to uh, really learn the nuances of what's really happening around the world and that actually i mean i i call it the sort of joe rogan mindset right so the kind of guy the, the kind of people that he interviews whether it's like quantum physicists or ufc fighters or some kind of crazy startup ceos and so on and so forth i mean he doesn't know everything about everything but he knows some small things about like you know the world in general and 
that is his frame of reference for any conversation right and he's and he's happy to come across as a novice or or as a or even as a very naive person perfectly fine right he'll ask questions like you know how does that work how does the money work right what is bitcoin i mean he's not trying to like learn those three or four wiki answers and you know trying to superimpose that in conversation right because the thing you realize is that there's quite nothing like an expert trying to explain something to you you know in fact i think you judge the level of expertness by how well they're able to explain this to you know the the novice people right so so yeah i mean it is a sort of a founder's mindset and there's a lot of hustle involved you know i mean podcasts are not all about you know uh, what kind of technology you use on the production side and you know all of those things i mean there's a lot of hustle so i'll give you an instance right so i do roughly about four podcasts every week right how does it happen i mean rough you know even if you just do the rough math right i mean that's like four or five people that i have to schedule with on a weekly basis right which means that i might have to perhaps reach out to about twice the number of people and so on and so forth right and and i've been able to do this like on a weekly basis so every week for a year right so we we put out perhaps i mean about 250 to 300 podcasts now and uh, so so yeah you need to have that hustler mindset and also you have to marry that hustle with some sort of a vision i guess i mean that is really what separates the really really good founders from you know just people who are hustlers right which is that they're able to marry this hustle to some sort of a vision right and that's a mistake i made uh, when i was an entrepreneur i did not have a vision right? i did not have a path that i wanted to pers- i mean i i knew approximately which way i wanted to go but i didn't define it i didn't define it for myself i didn't define it for my team so i was a very bad entrepreneur in that sense right and that's something that i'm learning now right which is that okay startup operator has done 100 plus episodes uh, whatever has you know bharat varta has done 120 130 episodes you know and we have all of these various positive attributes and so on we can be roughly moving in this direction but where do we want to be a year from now where do we want to be like 3 years from now or 5 years from now i mean you may not get there but having that signpost there sort of acts as your moral compass you know and that i feel is very very important fascinating because uh, i think uh, once you've learned that mindset and uh, i i would include uh, you know harish me the rest of choose to think as you know similarly minded in the sense that we've uh, learned to do this by doing it's it's not something yeah. that we've you know had academic training not a lot of people in the family you know typical yeah. kind of first generation entrepreneur that a lot of us seem to be from yeah. so i think uh, maybe for people who want to be a little entrepreneurial maybe they can start up something like a podcast and just kind of take it forward and you know grapple with all these things see actually you just think about it as like taking your hobby or a passion project into its logical extension right now i like talking to people i like learning from people what can i do that can extend it further right what what is that logical extension to it maybe podcasting uh if you like technology i mean if you like certain other things right i mean take it to its logical extension and you will find that when in in the process of doing so i mean you will build these attributes you have to so uh, you know since you briefly talked about managing so many guests and you know getting it out now you have a cadence that your uh, audience is kind of been trained by you to yeah. expect <laughs> uh so tell me a little bit about the you know what have you put in place now uh, in mm. terms of systems and i'm i'm again we're not talking about the tools and is this a general framework right what do you look at it so that you know you're going to hit these little numbers every week because that's a treadmill yeah. of its own that you've kind of set in motion so talk to me about that i hate to sound like some mba sort of uh, schmuck okay but I, i mean i don't have an mba that's the truth but uh, neither do this... i so you're safe <laughs> good in good company i would say right so uh, it's this whole build master and scale kind of approach right which is that you know day zero you don't know anything about anything right and you're in this discovery mode where you dip your toes you figure out you know what the water is like and you understand certain things certain attributes that you want right so for for us i mean we discovered that look this is the format that typically works for us and it happened through iterations right i mean i've talked about it earlier our first episode on bharatwarta was 28 minutes long right and we were happy that we kind of limited it to 30 minutes 30 became 40 40 became you know 45 whatever and today it's very difficult for us to end a podcast ahead of an hour 
right? It's always an hour or so, right? And people like it, right? Our engagement has, you know, gone up proportionately to that, right? Because again, the thing that we try to understand is like, why, why do people like this? And they like this because, you know, I mean, they're not the kind of people who want to read the headlines or like get the sound bites. They're people who want to really understand the complex nuances of what's really happening around us, right? And similarly with startup operator, I mean, there are like five minute clips abound, right? I mean, on three ways to do this, five ways to do that, 10 ways to do something else. I mean, my audience is not that. My audience really wants to understand, you know, how did that founder do this, go to market in Southeast Asia, for example, right? How did he hire the first, uh, how did he or she hire the first salesperson, right? And what are the campaigns they ran? How did that go, right? And, and that's not a five minute conversation you can have, right? That's a 45 minute conversation that you want to have. I feel like you need to do that zero to one and very quickly understand what are the positive attributes that you want to retain and build a process to that. That is the whole master aspect of it, right? So once we understood that, hey, you know what, these are the kind of guests that they want to listen to, right? And this is a typical format. Okay. Now I want to put out, let's say two episodes a, a week, right? What does it mean? And just work backwards from that and build a process to it, right? Which is that, okay, if I have to put out two, two episodes, then okay, you know what? I need to probably have a lead time of about two weeks, just in case, right? Especially given the times that we're in right now where you know, things are all topsy-turvy, uh, right? And uh, it, it'll be really helpful to have a two-week lead time. And we have a two-week lead time right now, right? So we're on, uh, you know, uh, May 22nd right now. I, I'm comfortable until maybe June. June first week, I have episodes covered, even if I don't do a single episode now, right? And that is the sort of, like, cover you need to have, right? Because uh, once you hold yourself to that, it becomes a sort of a self-fulfilling sort of a virtuous cycle, right? I mean, you want to be in that place, right? So, so once you build a process for that, then the other aspect is like, you know, what are the other small things that you can stack on it, right? So I'll give you an example. So we started doing this thing called the weekly sometime back, uh, right? Which is a, a short 30 minute uh, roundup or 30 minute, like, you know, whatever happened in this week, four or five news items that you should know, right? Because if you just, you know, read the news or watch the TV every day, right? There are thousand things that jump out of the screen to you and all of them, like, you know, how much of it is important, right? I would say 99% of it is not important to you. Uh, so our thesis hypothesis was that, you know, here are four or five things, like we cover infrastructure development, for example, right? There's a dam that's getting built. There's a power plant that's getting built. I mean, these are typically things that don't occupy first page or second page news, right? but, it, but it's bloody important. It's important for you to understand that last year, even despite the pandemic, our per day uh, capacity in terms of the amount of roads that we build was the highest ever, right? And those are the kind of things that positive things that we try to add, uh, you know, highlight, right? Um, uh, you know, Vitalik Buterin, for example, donated $1 billion. What does it mean? Right. Uh, and how will that money flow through? I mean, what is the, what are the, what is the significance of it? All of that, right. I mean, so this is what we try to do in our 30 minute uh, uh, weeklies. And I started a similar thing with startup operator as well called the roundup, right. The, the, the weekly and the roundup. And those are things we added. And, you know, I mean, we saw some positive, effects from that. And right now, both of them have done like, I think weekly has done probably 40 weeks or something of that sort and roundup, we've done about 25 roundups. Right. And no, now that is part of the cadence again. Right. And then on, on the, on the roundup, I mean, I've started this thing called bites, which is like four or five minutes, thing, uh, four or five minutes snippets of something, right. Like the last bite that I put out was a process is a meme. Right. And it was a monologue on why a process should actually be a meme if it has to be adopted, if it, if it has to make sense, basically, right? And if it has to be effective, essentially. And these are things that you just add and add and add and you stack and it becomes part of your cadence then, right? So, so that's what I tell my team as well, right? And, and of course, you know, first and foremost, if you need to amplify your efforts, you need to have a team, right? At, at least that, that's relevant for me, right? I've always tried to become the kind of person who attracts the right people uh, to collaborate with. And that is super important. I don't want to be doing all of the, you know, I, I don't want to learn up all of the 360 degree uh, attributes of a particular skill or a, or a project, right? 
I want to double down on what I like to do, right? I like talking, right? I like learning about people. And I want to double down on that. I want to have, instead of, you know, one conversation a week, I want to have five or six, right? But that won't be possible if I don't have others who are kind of offsetting my, uh, or complementing my skills, right? So I, I do have a great team for both the, both the podcasts who complement all the production side of things, distribution side of things, research side of things, and so on and so forth. And that is, again, super important, right? Because people often kind of limit themselves by not working with others, right? You have to have that mindset of like, you know, one plus one is not two. One plus one is equal to four or five or 10 perhaps, right? There's no way in hell I would have been able to put out four episodes a, a week if I didn't have a couple of people helping me out. So, yeah, I mean, I guess marry all of this into some sort of a framework that you can work with and there you have it. Right. So I think it's, it's a fairly simple set of ideas, but you know, you have to just execute it really well. I think it's the basics of any kind of successful uh, activity. If you want to kind of go move it from being a one-off spark to something that, you know, keeps showing up every day. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and you have to think about it systematically, right? See, the thing is that I think a lot of hobbies just go to waste because people don't put systems to it. People don't put milestones to it. People don't put, people don't take it seriously. Right. Like I know musicians who should be musicians, mm. but they aren't. Right. Because they just never give a damn about it. Mm. Right. They never put it in a process, never put it in a framework. Right. Right. And, and it's also fashionable like, to kind of, you know, say that I'm a creative person and this sounds like something that so I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, so here's the thing, right? So here's the secret about the most creative personalities in the world, right? I'm not talking about like the top 1% or the 1% or the 1%, the kind of people who wake up and symphonies flow in their head and, you know, not those kind of people, right? But a working musician, I guarantee you, is not the cliche of the, you know, stoned, wakes up at, you know, 12.30 in the afternoon and has another drink kind of person. That's not the, that's not the person. A working musician, believe me, is the hardest working person in you can find. Hardest working person. And unlike you or me, he does not have a salary, right? He's only as good as what, he, what he's done just last night, last evening. That's it. That's it. And you know what? Age no bar. There could be like a Korean 12-year-old or 13-year-old who could blow him away tomorrow. I mean, it, it's really about having that discipline, right? And that discipline is like super essential for the stuff that you really care about. I mean, people are disciplined about their work, right? About, okay, you know what, logging in at a particular hour, replying to emails at a, you know, within two hours or whatever it is. They're super disciplined about that, but they're not disciplined about the things they really care about, about their hobbies and passions. And that is super unfortunate. Yeah, I think a, a very good example of what you just said is, uh, someone like Jerry Seinfeld, right? Who's spoken about yeah. the systems behind yeah. his creative that yeah. enable him to be creative. And yeah. I'm happy that uh, he doesn't position it like, uh, you know, jokes just come to me when I wake up sort of a thing, which is, which is really good. Uh, so, so, but uh, go on, go so on. sorry, just to belabor that point, right? I mean, see the Jerry Seinfeld podcast with Tim Ferriss is a damn, like, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I think I'll probably be 60 and still be listening to it. Yeah, you know, one about training your dogs. It's about training your mind like a dog. Yeah, exactly right. So he says, actually, he says your brain is a dog. Your mind is infinite, right? right? And a lot of it, if you look at it, is programming your brain. That's it. That's all there is, right? And um, Jerry Seinfeld, after thirty years or thirty-five years of writing every day, it's no surprise that he wakes up tomorrow and there are three jokes in his head. It's absolutely no surprise at all, right? And who knows, maybe, you know, I mean, uh, maybe the likes of Mozart or someone was like that, you know, they couldn't do anything else, right? And uh, we see genius, but it's actually perseverance. I mean, of course, you know, there are, there are those leaps of uh, genius that, you know, no one can explain, right? But again, I mean, for the 99.9999% of people around, uh, there's hope. There's hope that you can program yourself to be near genius at least. You know? Yeah, it reminded me of a, a joke. I think it's usually attributed to Pandit Ravi Shankar that, you know, asked why he uh, practices every day. He says, 
if i don't practice today i'll know and if i don't practice tomorrow my audience will <laughs> get to know so so roshan i i want to move about something we were talking before we started recording which is yeah. that when you know people come to you and want to talk about podcasting they'll probably talk about the the apps the equipment though uh, like you said you want to you know your main forte here is to speak to people you know learn along with them um, so there is a lot of preparation that has to go in to make that conversation in fact if you say your conversation is becoming uh, longer um, that means it's also going deeper so uh, with with so many episodes so many different guests two different podcasts tell me a little bit about the the information prep the content prep Uh, mm. and whether you get overwhelmed what do you do with it you have a team again you know different people have some of your other presenters have their own strengths so how do you how have you how do you now look at the preparation part for these podcast episodes okay uh, see this is this is an amazing question that i could perhaps you know spend the entire podcast talking about right because it's something that i am learning as well i'm constantly learning how to be better on this front and again the 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 approach is slightly different for both the the podcasts that i do right bharat vartha and startup operator now with uh, let me talk about certain common things common things for both of them right the common things for both of them is that the guest defines the content okay uh, so a lot more in in the case of like startup operator where you know it's based on the person's journeys experiences whatever it is but even for something which is uh, technical like bharatwartha right i mean where you have sir, someone talking about let's say some telecom policy or some some infrastructure development or whatever even then the guest defines the content right and so it's very very important to kind of understand who you want to have on your podcast right and what kind of people and over a period of time for both the podcasts we have a certain sense of who would make a make for a good guest right uh and and we have certain markers to figure like you know if this is possible or not and i think to a reasonable extent we're able to uh, get that right right 99% of the time we're we're right about those things so that is a common thing right second you need to understand context right so that is super important because at least you're starting at the same place then right so so again with both these things it's it's slightly different right so if i have a saas founder on the startup operator i need to understand some basis in i mean because i work in saas i mean i do have a certain sense of relatability to that i have some context right i can on bharatwartha again i mean if if we are going to interview for example scientists right who have uh, discovered some way to detect cancer uh, which is an episode that we're going to put out uh, shortly right obviously we'll have to understand some basic you know whatever uh, there is about stem cell research or you know um, those kind of things right it it absolutely is a basis point for our conversation and again you know understanding context is super important and then you know i i always liken a podcaster uh, to be like a director not an actor and that's a that's a subtle but very important difference you know uh, recently i mean a good friend of mine asked me you know you seem to have interesting views why don't you talk more on your podcast right and uh, my answer was you know i mean i may have certain interesting views but this podcast is not about me right it's very clear from all of the promos and all of the graphics and all of the uh, stuff that the person who's coming to listen to that podcast is going to listen to that particular person right not me so my job is to literally curate content is to basically direct and is to choreograph this content in a way that is uh, palatable the way that is interesting useful to the listener and that is what i need to spend time on right so once i have chosen my guest once i have a certain amount of context my next challenge is to really choreograph this uh, conversation right I, i'm not i'm not saying in a way that okay you know what 5 minutes uh, the person will talk this 15 minutes the person will talk about something else and so on and so forth no right what happens is you know i do have an outline in terms of what themes and what questions i want to ask them right and in my head i know that you know it will probably progress from a to b to c right but often times right what really happens is 50% or more of the podcast is improvised right uh, because you're also responding to something that someone said to you just now so it's not a it's not a google google form you know <laughs> one question after another it's not that 
you also have to be sort of responding to the person in terms of what they're saying and so on and so forth right so that is really how i look at uh, you know the the uh, conversation as such right and now when you have the guest on your podcast right again very very important to establish a certain vibe right you need to have that certain sense of vibe in terms of uh, relating to that person even for very briefly for about 4 or 5 minutes right and, and you know i mean covid happened and it's kind of solved the small talk problem for us right literally everyone no matter who you're calling and talking to someone in california or someone in pune you have something to talk about hey how are things at your end so it's important to have that vibe and establish that vibe and uh, the the other important thing that i realized right is that great conversation is not great content you have to be super mindful of your audience i'm not saying that you know you have to like be a slave to the audience right you should have a great conversation i think it's a necessary but not a sufficient condition right you always have to be mindful of the fact that someone else listening to this may want to learn or be entertained about something so what are you offering to them you know and a lot of the times i really have to hold back when i ask these questions to uh, people because uh, i know that you know i mean this is something that i would like to know but perhaps maybe may not be interest uh, may not may not be of interest to the audience right and and um, the the sort of flip side of it is in my informal conversations i i slip in the podcast question once a while now right so my wife catches me doing this quite often actually right so what do you think about this or something on that sort right but but it's fine i mean it's it's perfectly fine right so so those are those are few things that i would say are are good prep for podcast in general yeah so that part of your life is leaking into everything else is yeah, what yeah. <laughs> i'm predicting away <laughs> okay uh, i think some interesting uh, analogies right the founders mindset being a director seeing yourself as an orchestrator but also participating in the dance uh, that's going along because you're leading it uh, in certain direction that your audience wants yeah. to see so uh, i actually wanted to also uh, ask uh, that in terms of your information consumption therefore uh, yeah. has it now all is is it all revolving around the next episode do you find yourself having to read uh, watch listen uh, everything is kind of the, the magnetic pull of the episode is what drives your curiosity in some sense now uh yes and no right so i mean some some sometime back i mean I, i i think actually a long while back i mean now that i think about it right so i stopped i've not had a tv in the house for about 10 years now right uh, and and that was it, it didn't i mean i do have a tv but you know cable news basically right i don't i haven't had it for like 10 years now right? you cut and, the cord uh, a lot a while ago exactly right i, I cut that right and um, i think that has been really really useful for me because it frees up my time to deliberately consume things that i want right as opposed to you know you know you walk into some households and the tv is just on right i mean it's it's the case in my parents house also right where the tv is just on no matter what's running on it right it could be the weather it could be some television soap or some news or whatever it is it's just on and you're just like zombie like consuming all of this stuff right so so to me i mean being really deliberate about what you consume is an integral thing to prevent you know preserving your sanity right because 99.99% of the things out there are crap right absolute crap that doesn't impact you one bit one bit right so just do this simple exercise in your head right what are three really good articles you remember from the last week or perhaps last month or last 6 months or last year i'll really struggle to remember like two or three really really good ones you know i mean i won't even remember the headlines actually and then ask yourself the question you know what how many of these really made a difference in your life so i am i am in this uh, i am in this enviable situation of being a dilettant for everything right where i can learn a little bit about policy little bit about politics little bit about religion little bit about culture and and i take myself very seriously as a dilettant okay i don't want to i don't want to like there are very very few things i really want to get in the weeds with right saas for example right so i first discovered saas uh, software as a service for people you know uh, unbeknownst to the saas world right so uh, it's not the saas of your uh, parents tv so <laughs> <laughs> exactly 
So I discovered SaaS in 2012, 2013. And since then, you know, I've just wanted to learn everything about it, right? And that is something I don't mind going really deep on, right? Consuming all of the damn things that I have to read, whether it's, you know, uh, the Kell blog or the Saster or uh, Mark Saster's uh, blogs or whatever else, right? I, I want to read, I want to learn, I want to consume everything about everything in that, right? Because I feel like it also augments me augments my place in the uh, in the ecosystem in some sense, right? So uh, that's something that we can delve upon later, which is that you are not just yourself, but you are a connection of everything around you, right? In your workplace. So having a fair understanding of the, the, the larger picture is super important to how effective you can be at your workplace, at your work itself, right? So I don't want to learn too much about like certain things, right? So, so my... My consumption is, revolves around uh, like, I mean, going deep on certain things and just barely knowing some some other things, right? And and that's how I, I kind of like think about it. And um, I listen to, so after the podcast, I started listening to a lot of podcasts myself, right? And and for me, it's, a, it's kind of a homework and kind of an entertainment. Like think of it as like an infotainment, right? So I listen to Tim Ferriss, Brown Pundits, How I Built This, Art of Manliness, uh, there are quite a few Indian podcasts also that are like really good. Um, there's this kid who runs, uh, there's a friend called uh, Jivraj who runs this Indian Silicon Valley podcast where he talks to, you know, some of the best founders and uh, investors around, right? I mean, really, really nice conversations and plenty to learn from, right? So a lot of podcasts and also the the thing I like about podcasts is that, I mean, it's it's like a parallel activity, right? You can, you don't have to be fixated to a screen. I mean, you can be, doing household chores or like cooking or cleaning or whatever it is and have this in your head, right? I mean, so I feel like it gives you the gift of time in that sense. And if you are able to like practice listening at 1.5x, that again adds some time in your life, you know? Uh, I mean, you can't do all of that uh, all the time, right? I mean, uh, I was listening to Vitalik Buterin and I really had to tone it down, right? So I had to listen to it like real, real time because... I mean, he, he has a very fast cadence and also, I mean, uh, uh, some of the stuff that he was saying required a lot of cognitive, like it imposed a lot of cognitive load on me, right? I had to really think about what he's talking about. Um, so these are literally, you know, what I uh, uh, consume, right? In terms of infotainment and stuff. In terms of pure entertainment, I mean, even those, those aspects, right? I'm trying to reduce this scroll behavior, you know, where... So we've replaced the television running 24-7 with the social media scrolls, right? Which is that you have five minutes, you just like, you know, you do that and you don't care what's bombarding your head and so on. So that's the other thing, right? Be like ruthlessly, be really ruthless about how you curate your social feed, right? Mute, block, follow, only the right things, right? I mean, just like be ruthless about it uh, because that's occupying one space, even if you don't want to. Right. So that, and uh, I have, I basically like, I have this five or 10 minute clip kind of a, uh, these five or 10 minute videos, you know, uh, that I, that I insert instead of the, the scrolling. So these could be uh, clips from the office. Right. Uh, so let's say, I mean, I finish a meeting five or 10 minutes before, and, you know, instead of scrolling or instead of sending another damn email, uh, I, I kind of mix it up with these things, right? I mean, um, I really like this uh, show called Impractical Jokers. Um, uh, so, so these are five or ten minute kind of clips that that are just pure entertainment takes your mind off, right? Uh, I've never been the kind of Netflix uh, person, right? It's it's just I, I find it hard to not be doing something and just be consuming. But I'm practicing that to a certain extent, just so that I can switch off, you know, that just so that I, I don't end up all weary and tired, even after a weekend, you know, uh, which, which kind of happens to me as well. Right. Uh, so I have this uh, tendency to be want, wanting to do things, right. I've realized regional content is very, very good in that sense, right. It, it opens up a different part of your head and, you know, it's not something I, I feel like we're living in an English man's world. Most of the time it's all, it's, it's that paradigm that you're operating in. Right. But listening to or watching regional content kind of opens up this other uh, part of your brain and it's nice. It's very nice. Right. I mean, so, so on the weekends I'm, you know, watching Kannada or Malayalam or, you know, other types of Tamil movies or whatever. So, so that, so that is, you know, in essence, what I consume. 
No, I, I love what I heard because I mean, one one hand, I think uh, just to come back to the India thing, you no, know, Bharat is definitely cool. I think we need to help make it uh, even more cooler, yeah. and and you know, everyone can lend a hand in doing that. But yeah. just going back, uh, you know, I love the fact that you've been thoughtful and deliberate about. Uh, I mean, we almost call it. I think we discussed it when we were on your uh, show about. You know the curiosity diet as a kind of a thali. You look at it that way, yeah. uh, and yeah. you say that there is a place for that, uh, that sweet, that fun, yeah. you know, entertaining kind of thing. You don't have to look down upon it. It is a proportion that you want to get right, yeah. and the and the amount that you consume, and the rate so, at which you consume. Just to add on that, right? I mean, most people schedule the things that they have to do, right? Uh, they schedule the work that they have to do, right? i mean again my wife thinks i'm nuts for doing this but i actually schedule stuff that are is outside of work but is equally important for me like my workout for example right my workout is scheduled on my calendar right and chill time right chill time is scheduled on my calendar right because i can do those things without any regrets right because otherwise i mean you always think of like this as in between work that i have to i have to finish this and get somewhere right but you don't have to i mean and see all of these things right and especially in this post covid world that we're living in right where your calendar bleeds i mean things bleed into each other and it's very important for you just to maintain your sanity to kind of you know siphon off blocks of your time for specific things that would otherwise get left behind you know uh, because otherwise your work just like you know pretty much like submerges everything right Correct. so really scheduled time i have time on my calendar to talk to my wife mm. <laughs> which is uh, again you know which is pretty nuts but 9 o'clock i know that something goes off maybe i won't talk at 9 o'clock mm. right but maybe i'll talk at 9:30 or something of that sort right yeah but it gets done it will get done yeah it'll get done and it'll it'll slip otherwise mm. and you won't realize on a daily basis nothing will change but then when you look back a year right how many quality conversations have you had or how many workouts have you gotten right or how much how many movies have you watched for example right if, if that's something that you like so if it has to get done it has to be on the calendar i feel you know yeah so uh, you know you spoke about things like reading remembering the great articles that you might have read recently uh, you know i i can't help but kind of briefly talk about things are the compounds that we have the daily reader compound that we have where the idea is to offer people reduce that friction give them that article and say just read this take my word for it we've done the hard work or go and watch this particular thing i think curation plays a big role in it if you can find that trusted source and they can help you fill in the right gaps and you're spending your time so much better than you absolutely. know just mindlessly wandering around and then there is a place for your fun absolutely guilt free consumption or you know whatever you want to do so yeah. uh, so all that you said is just like you know music to our years uh, so uh, roshan then I, i also wanted to ask you where is uh, is there a place for something like a book uh, in your life uh, in this kind of calendared life of yours uh, do you still get through books and what tell me a couple of recent interesting books because we promised the last time we spoke to talk about books the next time so let's uh, bring that in as well sure so uh, i'll be honest i mean i've slipped on the books front right i mean so there was like even last year i would go to bed with a book in my hand so i'd basically turn off all the screens and what not keep my mobile a fair distance away and read something and maybe get through about 15 pages or whatever and then fall asleep that that's the best way to fall asleep i feel right and fall asleep uh, with a book by my bedside but i've kind of slipped on that front uh, i'm trying to get back into it right um and and something that i've learned right i mean is to abandon books and is to consciously abandon books um I, i'll give you an example right i mean my reading behavior slipped because of one book it's a book called hyperfocus that i've picked up right mm-hmm. it's a great book it's a fantastic book suggested by a good friend of mine it's a fantastic book but i kind of got the idea of what it mm-hmm. wanted to say right it's one of those books where i mean i think the first 100 pages you know what the gist is right right uh it's about being deliberate about your time and it's a book that i would 100% like you know advise to people or at least to get the you know basic bare concepts of the book and what not but the prospect of that reading that book seemed so dull to me that i just kind of slipped mm. and you know i mean days became weeks and weeks have become a few months now 
where I haven't really gotten back to that reading habit, right? Uh, and I was thinking to myself last week that, man, why don't I make a conscious decision to abandon this book? Just to say to myself that, look, I've gotten everything I want to get through this book. It's okay if I miss the twenty percent or thirty percent or even fifty percent that I had to. I, I had to. I could get from this, but let me just abandon it for now and pick up something else, right? Because there's no point like you know depleting your energy trying to like get through things right i mean I, i i feel like you need to save that in the tank for the stuff that you really have to do that you don't like maybe i mean talking to some distant relative that you know you perhaps may not know or care about but you have to right uh, rather than you know these kind of things which you have an entire where you have a choice to like you know not not do that right but otherwise i mean i pick up uh, mostly non fiction stuff which again is something that i'm trying to change uh, i do want to pick up uh, you know fiction and uh, read the murakamis of the world and what not uh, my wife is a big fan of uh, uh, those kind of books uh, definitely want to uh, pick up those books but otherwise my favorite authors or the books that i really like have had a significant impact on my life right i mean these are people who literally changed my life right and uh, uh, see we are blessed to have uh, these authors or whatever who condense their lives learnings in like 250 or 300 pages right and and give it to you like almost free of cost right uh, what is like 250 300 or even 1000 bucks for a book that will change your life right i mean two or three people stand out one is uh, nasim taleb who i'm sure you know all of you are a fan of as well um, so i I, i i just adored i don't know what the right word is to describe it i mean it's it's just it's one thing that's had a profound impact profound profound impact in my life which is skin in the game and then later reading fool by randomness right it's just one of those books especially fool by randomness that leaves you gobsmacked now of how little you know and how wrong you've been about everything right and uh, once you i mean it's it's getting red pilled right i mean it's it's like you can't go back to a world before that so nasim taleb for sure the other person who had a significant impact on me was jordan peterson um uh, i also believe that these books have a way of jumping out of the shelf at certain points in your life right uh, i found jordan peterson in 2016 i would say 2016 2017 when i was going through a very difficult time my startup wasn't going anywhere uh, you know I, it was uh, i had to make that hard choice of winding up the startup and looking for employment i had to get married uh very soon right uh but i had zero in my bank account and all of that right i mean it was a a terrible time and i picked up this book and i started listening to his lectures and he's got this maps of meaning series as well uh, jordan on uh, youtube which is just amazing just amazing right uh and it really helped it it really empowered me in the sense that okay i mean i started taking responsibility for things you know uh and, and i always feel like it's old wine and new bottle right i mean it's always the case but then i mean that new bottle is something that fits in your context today right and that is very 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 important you know because everything that has to be said has already been said before it has right i mean you look at the last 3 or 4 10 books non fiction that you've read there's nothing new that someone is saying but they're saying it in a way that applies to your context today and which is why it makes it so much important right otherwise uh, I liked our friend uh, Rory Sutherland's uh, book Alchemy. Again, a fantastic, fantastic book uh, for anyone in marketing or advertising. I think Rory is a must-listen. Right? Uh, again, someone who changes your mind very, very profoundly. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, there there are books that come into my life at certain points, like uh, like Scott Adams, for example. Uh, he had this book uh, called uh, How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big Leagues. Absolutely. yeah which which talks about stacking skills right which talks about uh, i i think a lot of us have this fomo of not being as good as someone or whatever but this guy actually gives you a hack to be great without having to be that michael jordan of the of whatever you are doing right which is to stack skills meaningfully and be the 1% top 1% of the people at the intersection of all these skills right and then of course atomic habits by james clear um was very simple and effective as well but Yeah, I mean, I mean, otherwise I, I would love to go back to reading uh, fiction. You know, I used to read a fair bit of Woodhouse back in the day, uh, and that was yeah, that gave me a lot of joy. I want to get back to that. Great, a lot of uh, familiar names, a lot of I, I think uh, I mean I like to say that this is 
the, the best time in history to be a learner right if you want to learn yeah there's nothing can stop you you've got it's it's cheap it's democratized it's out there all you need to yeah. do is say i you put your hand up and uh, just turn on the tap i think no but the flip side of it is also to be really really mindful about the kind of stuff that you pick up on right which is where i mean the the, the kind of programs that you guys are running is amazing right it's really really amazing because uh, again i come back to talib's principle of we are neg- negative right? right so which is that subtract more than you want to add right if you don't do dumb stuff in life you will automatically end up doing the right stuff right uh, or or rather i mean at least you will converge on doing the right stuff similarly i think if you don't consume all the really uh, absolutely like you know useless utter crap kind of things out there i mean you will you will somehow find your way to the good stuff Yeah, just be less stupid every day i think is a simple <laughs> thing to follow i think that's a that's a very noble goal to have <laughs> uh, so uh, roshan we have about 5 minutes left i just want i want to ask you one question about marketing we can't do justice to that whole topic uh, today sure. especially modern b2b marketing and saas uh, related topics but i i wanted to ask you um, there is a lot of consumerization right we are all exposed to a lot of b2c marketing uh that is shaping our uh, b2b products uh, the way we look at them as well so i wanted to ask you if you put on your b2b marketer hat how is this new landscape of you know media podcasting the sort of the consumer experience me as an individual uh getting you know being swayed by content how is that playing out do you see in the b2b world so you be more people doing podcasts more internal podcasts for individuals to build a brand do you see all that really becoming the next big wave i think the more things change the more things remain the same right i mean and oftentimes people get blinded by the shiny things right in front of them right uh, whether it's newer channels or newer methods and campaigns and so on and so forth but really i mean you have to you have to stay true to the core of marketing right which is that ultimately you are solving a problem for somebody right now this somebody may be taking maybe maybe you know uh, applying it for themselves or maybe they're part of an organization where they're trying to solve that with seven other people right and it might impact a thousand member or 10000 member organization whatever right people often confuse those nuances which are like secondary nuances with the primary job of marketing itself the primary job of marketing is to move someone to some emotion some action and i feel like b2b especially people are often times like you know confused by these kind of things right uh, and and b2b has a lot to learn from b2c right so look at software the way it's getting commoditized right i mean if there's even a 50 million dollar market for anything or a 100 million dollar market for anything there are 10 companies in you know koramangala and uh, uh, you know some somewhere else which will which will do that software is getting commoditized at a fierce rate right so what is it that differentiates you know uh, a drift from some other company that built a website chatbot those are things that you have to kind of reflect upon right i mean we may smirk and we may you know be smug about these guys in the valley who say you know who come up with things like you know the workspace for remote or you know conversational marketing or whatever but there's an absolute point to that you know i mean there is there's there's a there's a genuine sincere point that we are actually missing as indians which is the narrative and the storytelling aspect of things right which is to paint a picture for your users for things that you are building that may not be essential for them at this point of time so if you ask me 10 or 15 years back and i was one of the early users of slack right was slack integral for the, for us at that point of time no but is slack integral today 100% yes why because it will multiply my emails thousand fold if i did not have slack right now how did that come to be you can frown upon uh, slack as you know uh, you know a glorified uh, company chat or whatever it is right but i mean look at the value that they built right and and look at the look, look at the arr that they're doing at this point of time right i i might be mistaken but i think they're probably doing 3 or 4 billion dollars of uh, revenue right i mean which is pretty damn remarkable if you ask me right so that is one key difference that especially for indian marketers i and I, and i have been guilty of it as well right is to not like be uh, blind to i mean is is to basically like absorb the big picture and is to have a focus on the narrative and so on and so forth right the other thing about b2c is about being the tip of the spear uh, which again in b2b we we kind of safely cushion ourselves behind the sales people right 
एंड वी ऑलमोस्ट बिकम लाइक सर्वियंट टू द सेल्स पीपल ठीक है क्या चाहिए आपको आई मीन यू वॉन्ट अ डेक और यू वॉन्ट अ कैंपेन और वॉट एवर आई गिव दैट टू यू एंड नाउ यू गो एंड फाइट दैट बैटल वाई यू डोंट रियली हैव टू डू दैट राइट एंड एंड देन दैज द अदर एक्सट्रीम ऑफ यू नो ऑपरेटिंग कंप्लीटली साइलोड विद वॉट एवर सेल्स इज डूइंग राइट i feel like there's a healthy overlap between that right i'm you know somebody told me sometime back that think like a marketer and execute like a sales person you know uh i especially in in the day and age that we're living in today i mean i think there has to be a healthy overlap between marketing and sales as a b2b person get on the demo pitch to a prospect do all of those things it will give you so much more understanding that you know i mean it it will define the way you write copy right these days half my job goes into catching bs that you know my team writes in terms of like emails or copy or guys we don't do this this is not what a prospect wants right or or this particular thing that you have said that's not what they call them all of this will not be visible to you if you don't really act like a sales person and if at the end of the day you don't get in front of a prospect yourself right don't deny yourself the chance and like you know get second hand information from someone and filter it and do all of those things uh yeah so the, those are two aspects i would say um um uh would especially for b2b marketers but you know the larger point also is to stay stay the hell away from vanity metrics you know mm. i think we severely overestimate the quantifiable stuff and underestimate the quali- qualitative uh, stuff you know uh people just figure a way to do dumb things faster Correct. you know uh and uh, essentially at the heart of it you have to move the needle mm. right and find the best proxy for that mm. right forget about your clicks and views and this and that i mean figure figure what is the best proxy for you uh, that you have to aim for that should be a north star uh, to move the needle essentially right i think uh, it's it's again back to basics right you just keep the fundamentals and keep a strong anchor on those fundamentals and uh, things will keep changing around because i think what i realized you you said that you alluded to a few things that have happened several years ago but they're kind of playing out today but because you were interested in saas because you got onto something like slack you didn't say you know I, I, i'm not going to bother about doing it yeah. uh, that's why you are in a position to kind of make or place your bets uh, in, in a fashion uh, today so it's always uh, you know you kind of look backwards and can do the connection as the great man said yeah. uh, so i i actually uh, wanted to you know just uh, end by therefore asking you uh, what is it that you're teaching yourself to do that we will hear about in 5 years time right so what is cooking in the background with those maybe it's just a 15 minute thing that you're you're just seen something uh, you're you're saying that okay i'm just going to look at it a little bit while i'm you know running the podcast doing work uh, what is that that we can probably expect to talk to you about in 5 years time so this is this is an important thing right and uh, the art of manliness has a kick ass uh, uh, blog i remember reading about what kind of hobbies a person should acquire uh, i'm i'm not uh, let me see let me see if i can find it and probably link it to you guys uh, yeah, so find a hobby that that involves your body right i mean that has a physical element to it find a body that uh, find a habit or a, uh, sorry a hobby that uh, exercises your mind find a uh, find a Uh, hobby that you can do with your uh, better half and so on and so forth I, i think they've really thought through that and that's really important um, see i when i look at my life right i mean in terms of what i want to do right now i so one of the defining things over the last 5 6 years has been caring for some of the older people in my life right and observing them and and really coming to that understanding of you know how do i want to be when i'm at that age right when i'm 65 70 75 whatever it is right and that has impacted me a great deal in terms of like what i consume or what i do right uh, it changed my perspective on fitness itself uh, in some sense where you know i mean i started peter atia is a great person that you know people should follow i mean he has this thing called the centenarian olympics or something of that sort uh, you know on what is a core body strength you need uh, to be a healthy 100 year old or, or to be a functional 100 year old right those are things and i kind of liken all of these new skills and learnings to that also right so what will keep you happy entertained content at 65 70 years old and those are things that i think you need to pick up um when i look at when i look at some of the happiest 65 75 or you know older people right around 
those are people who can keep themselves entertained either through books or through music or through arts or whatever it is they don't need anyone in their life right at the same time they do have those four or five very close relationships that you know they can talk and they can they can have that you know uninterrupted one or two hours of like conversation right uh, uh, and 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 they're sufficiently interesting i mean they they've traveled or they perhaps know a skill uh, that's out of the ordinary or whatever so uh last year i i, I tried to learn japanese <laughs> and uh, must say i failed horribly <laughs> but it's a fascinating fascinating language right i mean i've i've since uh, uh paused on that but i mean i hope to get back to that right now i'm trying to learn ethereum uh, like basically understand i i do feel that i think it will play a very big very big part in our lives going forward so i do want to understand the uh, at least the basics of ethereum try to understand you know how it will impact and so on and so forth um and uh, yeah i mean that's pretty much it i would say you know perhaps learn cooking also around uh, around this time yeah great but uh, one thing is sure i i know when we speak to you in whenever the next time maybe in you know hopefully earlier than 5 years you'll be doing something else that i think i can take a safe bet on so on that note roshan thanks so much for this uh, conversation i learned a lot of uh, interesting things i'm going to chase up on some of these uh, posts books uh, people that you mentioned uh, and uh, i i uh, you know look forward to having you soon so thank you so hey, much this was uh, this was a pleasure uh, i really really liked uh, talking to you ramanand and uh, thanks so much uh, harish as well for this uh, fantastic idea to get together and talk and hopefully we we'll do this more often thank you